Hey, how's it going? Hey, Hey. good. Thank you. I'm good. Thank you for asking. Um, Man, I'm excited. I'm glad I'm here tonight. Um, I'm going to get these stools. Good job, Casey. You didn't mess up once. I was watching real carefully. You you did everything right. Don't mess up the last song, though. Um, hey, uh, we are, uh, we're really glad you're here. We really are. Uh, again, if, if you walked in late, I'm Ben. I'm one of the young adult pastors here at the church. Um, as you can tell, things are a little different in here. If, if you've been here before, um, it's going to be a neat night. In fact, I think it's going to be a neat couple of weeks. Uh, we're going to do a series, Tyler and I, for the next three weeks uh, at Renovate that really just focuses on giving God glory and more specifically focuses on us as... Um, as, as either followers of Christ or seekers of this God, that we could start to be people who, because of his word and because of his transformation in our life, see through the lens of giving God glory for, for stuff in our life. Um, so I'm super pumped about that. i got to fill you in on a couple announcements that I forgot at the beginning. Um, this is a cool community. It really is. This is a, an awesome community. It's a neat group of people to be a part of. And if you're not plugged in to this community, uh, we want you to get more involved. Uh, we don't want this just to be a show that you come to uh, once a week that's hopefully encouraging. I think if that's where it stops, then, um, then I think you're missing out on the body of Christ. So, uh, so one of the things we're doing, there's all kinds of ways to do that. But one of the things that will really bring people together is walking hand in hand through the Fort Worth Zoo just going to ha- hold hands and walk through the zoo and look at scary animals. Um, but seriously, there is, yeah, you can clap for that. Um, renovate Zoo Day. We'll go guy, girl, guy, girl, too, so it won't be awkward. Because um, uh, there's no way that would be awkward. But we're meeting at 1 o'clock this Saturday. So down here in this parking garage, show up at 1 o'clock if you're like, but I don't know anyone. If you show up at 1 o'clock, you'll know a bunch of people. You'll have to hold their hands and walk through the zoo to get. Now, you don't actually have to hold people's hands. Um, but it's, uh, it's going to be a really fun uh, afternoon. So this Saturday, 1 o'clock, we'll all carpool over there and go stare at animals that have been robbed of their freedom. So it'll be a blast. <laughs> Uh, also, uh, super downer there on that announcement. Uh, but it's fun. You look at them and be like, oh, that should be free. But it's not. For my $7 entertainment, it's in a cage. But um, the other thing is is we really are, um, we believe, Tyler and I really believe, this ministry, um, man, this has to be owned by you guys. And, and it is. There's so many leaders in this room. I was walking up uh, earlier, and I think it was Claren was over there, like, loving somebody at the front desk, and somebody walked in, and she's just welcoming and inviting people in. There's all different kinds of leaders in this room who have different gifts. And one of the things that we are committed to especially next year when we kind of relaunch, we'll take a little mini break at some point, take a couple weeks off, sleep for a couple days. And then as we relaunch this thing, we really want you to have as involvement in it. And so just be praying about what that would look like. If you're already a leader, praise God. Uh, We want to feed you more. We want to walk with you more. We want to continue to bless you. And and we will continue to grow as leaders of you guys. But um, just be praying about, man, that's something that I might be interested in. I don't really know what that looks like. And we're going to have some opportunities, uh, some, some like leadership apps that we're going to start handing out here in the next couple of weeks. So I just want to put that on your radar tonight. Okay, so um, here we go. I'm just going to talk for about 10 minutes up here. Um, like I said, this is going to be kind of a different series. I'm going to talk for about 10 minutes. I'm going to open up scripture. We're going to camp out on one verse. Uh, and then I'm going to invite a, a brother, a spiritual brother of mine up here. And we're just, going to, um, we're just going to give God glory. So what I need to share with you tonight in 10 to 12 minutes is that I am a grown man, okay? I am a grown man. However, uh, when I'm in the car at times, and I'm driving now in my life, um, because I have a year and a half year old son who sits in the back seat of that car, 
as a grown man on the highway yesterday, for example, an 18-wheeler passed, passed me on my left. And as a grown man, I said, ooh, big rig. Look at the wheels, shiny wheels. Look at the shiny wheels. I'm a grown man, I promise. Also, when I walk around my neighborhood now as a grown man, when I see uh, like cats, right, just neighborhood cats, I say, kitty cat, kitty cat, you want to pet the kitty cat? Look at the kitty cat. That is who I have become, guys. It's sad. It's robbed me. I know you look at me and you're like, God, you're so hyper-masculine. You're like the most... Mu- it's not funny. I'm incredibly masculine. Um, no, but the reality is I use words now in my life. Uh, I get really excited when my son is in the car and we get stopped at the train tracks when a train goes by. I've, that's never happened to me, Right? But now that I have a son in the back seat and a train is, was, yay, we got stopped. We can look at, the tra- look at the train, Charlie. The train. It's like Thomas and his friends. Look at the train. I recognize that's ridiculous, right? In public. Like if I were just in a Target, right, by myself and I saw a train and I made those noises, I would be escorted out of the building probably. Um, but, uh, what was that laugh? Um, but... Uh, but that's what happens. And here's why it happens. The relationship that I have with my son, it, it taints the lens that I look through the life, my world with. Right? I have a relationship with my son, and because of that, I see things differently. I see being stopped at train tracks as this really cool, exciting thing, and the, the pitch of my voice goes up. Uh, I see 18-wheelers pass me, and I get really excited, and I want to point out the spinny wheels on them. Right? Like ridiculous things that normal people shouldn't do. But because of that relationship, it happens with sports fans, right? You have a specific team that you love and you follow. And so if you hear about a division rival and somebody gets suspended or you're following the draft, or it, it taints how you see other things. Uh, if you watch The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, right? And you love those shows and you just, I mean, you think that you're like friends with them, right? My wife thinks that she is friends with Chip and Joanne Gaines. You know who that is? It's, no? Okay. Well, you will one day. There are people who do like a home decorating show, and it's weird. But because she watches them, she's like, oh, Chip said the funniest thing today. <laughs> Chip is on the TV, babe. An A.T. Wheeler, look! Um, but uh, but what, what happens is, uh, is those relationships, if you watch The Bachelor Bachelorette, you walk through the supermarket line, and you see, oh, so-and-so, these two people, they broke up. What a surprise. But you're drawn to that and you see that. I pass by and I don't really notice or care because I don't, I don't have any kind of relationship or fake relationship with those people. What this series is about and what tonight is about is really asking the question, do we have a relationship with God that taints the way we see everything else? That is the lens that we look through all the other things in our life. Does the relationship I have with my God, the creator of the universe, the one who who bought me out of slavery and redeemed me and is in the process of renovating my life, does my relationship with that God change the way I see all the other circumstances of my life? I would propose it should. Um, And and although I can't honestly answer that question of yes all the time, I want to be a man. I want us to be a community. We want to be a church that growingly, more and more, everything we see, we say, I want to give God glory for that. We see you through that lens. There's a neat verse it's one verse I'm going to camp out of. It's right in the middle. It's at, well, it's at the end of 1 Corinthians 10. 
um, at the end of 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31. Uh, and it's right in the middle of the Apostle Paul um, trying to create some conflict resolution for what's happening in the church in Corinth. And they're frustrated and they're upset and they don't know what to do with food sacrificed to idols. So in this time, they would sacrifice animals to these pagan gods. And then what would happen with the leftover meat is they'd chop it up and they'd sell it in the market and people would buy it. And there was a lot of like, oh, well, is it okay to eat that? Right? As followers of Jesus, is it okay to eat that meat that was actually an animal sacrificed to some pagan god? Or is that a sin if I do that? And so they're wrestling with all these questions and he's trying to unpack for them. And I'm not going to get into his answer on that. But he says something insanely profound that's an overarching principle that Paul lays down for us in verse 34. You might have heard it before. It says this. He says, So whether you eat or drink, I love this, or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. So whether you eat or drink or just whatever you do, do for the glory of God. Our relationship with God should be one that everything I do whether it's eating, whether it's drinking, whether it's driving in my car, whether it's that I, because of that relationship, everything I do, I'm able to somehow see and then turn back to praise God for this. It is a lens that we as believers are called to look through. It is a perspective that we are asked to have. Uh, let me give you a couple of examples. Um, breakfast yesterday. I had breakfast with a guy who... Um, awesome guy, and he's sitting there praising God for a guy who works on the other side of the cubicle of him um, because he really feels like some seeds are being planted in that relationship. Cool, so we're getting there, getting coffee, and he's talking about this guy, and so we're praying for this guy um, because he's seeing this relationship, and it's not just some co-worker relationship because his perspective is God has saved me. God desires all to be saved. Man, this is a great opportunity. Praise God that God put me and this guy together. Um, I had coffee later that day uh, with a guy who just got offered a new job. And he's able to talk about this and talk about how God has taken him through this journey and just give God glory for this new job opportunity. Right? Same thing happened at lunch. I got to meet with a, another Christian brother yesterday and we're sitting there eating rice and beef and it was delicious. Shinjuku Station, you guys should go. Um, but he's sitting there. I get sponsored by Shinjuku Station. That's why I say that. Um, he, he's sitting there talking about circumstances of his life and and as he's talking about them, it's just, well, and I'm giving God glory for it. And he's giving God glory, and he's praising God for all these things that happened this last weekend or, or are happening in the future, those kind of things. That's what God calls us to be. That's what we want to be as a community. Tyler and I, we pray for this all the time. Um, our, our team, our staff, if, we're, if we don't have that perspective, what are we doing, right? Like, if we stop and say, what are we doing on Wednesday nights? What is this? If this thing that we're doing on Wednesday nights, and hopefully it doesn't stay here on Wednesday nights, hopefully it's something that trickles into our tomorrow and something that throughout the week we use as a ministry opportunity and we invite people on this on-ramp, but if we're not doing it for the glory of God, what are we doing? That's our challenge uh, tonight. Three, three whys. Why, right? Like, why would we need to do that? Give God glory. For these things. Okay, I see biblically Paul kind of commands us to, but why? One, because I forget. Right? Romans 7, the Apostle Paul, big deal, super Christian, right? Had the whole Christian cape, nailed the whole Christian thing. In Romans 7, he says, Why do I do the things that I don't want to do and I don't do the things that I actually want to do? This confession of the Apostle Paul saying, Why do I wrestle? 
Right? We see the psalmist in Psalm 119 beg the Lord, Lord, please do not let me wander. I need to be the kind of man who sees through the lens everything. Give, something changes with my job. I eat a delicious bowl of rice. Praise God for this rice. Praise God for taste buds. Why did God give me taste buds? Totally unnecessary, but praise God for taste buds. I, I need to be that man because I, by default, am prone to forget. I am prone to forget what he has done in my life and who he is in the relationship I have. So I want to be someone who's constantly giving God glory, constantly reminding myself and those around me of, of, of what's happened in my life and who I am and who I belong to. Second why. Second why of, okay, what, is, what does this really matter? Because it's a witness. It is a witness to those around us. That if we as a community, as a, as a Christian, as a ministry, as renovate, were people who had that perspective of everything and everything out of our mouth was, man, I'm praising God for this and I'm praising God for that and I'm finding ways to, to seek God's glory in all the decisions I make. It is a witness to a world around us looking for something to champion, looking for something worthy enough to get behind. We live in a culture that is starving for meaning. Starving for meaning. And we here have the, the book of life We have a perspective that should be life-giving. And I want to train myself to be more and more God-glorifying in the way I speak, in the way way that I see life, so that I might be a witness. Uh, 1 Peter 3.15 talks about uh, how... uh, Let me read it for you. He says, But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. So what's happening in 1 Peter is he's saying, hey, be prepared to give an answer. Be prepared to give a defense. When people come up and ask you, what is this hope in you? That's super convicting to me because I don't know that I live and speak and and live my life in a way that some stranger or some moderate friend is going to come up to me and say, what is this hope that you're always talking about? What is this perspective that you have? I want to have that perspective so I might be a witness. And the third reason why is because we're designed to. Uh, we believe strongly at this church, in this leadership, uh, we agree with the Westminster Catechism in that very first question when they ask, what is the chief end of man? What is the purpose of man? And they answer, to, to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Isaiah 43 talks about this too, this picture that I am designed, I have been built my purpose in life, not just because I'm a pastor at a church, but because I am a created. My created design is to give glory to the creator. And that is your design. And so why do we want to be these people with this perspective? And why are we doing this three-week series where we're just going to, it's going to be laid back, but we're going to unpack it. And we're going to bring guys up here and we're going to walk through what it really practically looks like. Ultimately, because that is where I'm going to be most satisfied, because that is my design. If I am an Audi car or a BMW, I'm not going to go take that to the sand dunes in New Mexico. I'm going to go buy a dune buggy for that. I'm going to drive a luxury sports car on the highway. We have been made for a purpose. That purpose is to bring this God glory. And when we are operating in that function of our life, when we are living lives that bring God glory, when we're seeing through that perspective, 
That is where we fit. That is where we find joy and satisfaction in the lost world around us that's fighting for that joy and satisfaction and they're trying these other things and they're trying this on, they're trying that, but they're just a BMW in sand and they're kicking up their tires and their engine's getting filled with sand and they don't know what's happening. And here we are, gathered together to celebrate this together. Do we live this on a daily, hourly, moment-by-moment basis? Or is this something that, man, we sing five songs on Wednesday night and we're going to sing three more on Sunday and that's when we're going to give God glory? Um, that's kind of where we're going for the next couple of weeks, and that's our our heart behind this series. Um, I I would really challenge you. It's not a super complicated verse to memorize, but be thinking and and memorizing 1 Corinthians 10.31. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. This week, could that be our our prayer, our championing verse to lead and guide us? Now, I want to introduce a, a brother of mine and a friend of mine up on stage right now, Ryan Christian. Grab that mic and come on up, man. Give Ryan hello, Christian a hand. Hello. Is it on? Hey, man. Can you toss me that water? Either one. They're both mine. Thank you, sir. Hey, guys. This is Ryan Christian. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, we can say hi. Uh, I thought I was going to introduce myself. Oh, ugh, sorry. I totally blew that. I was going to let you introduce yourself, and now there's nothing left to say other than your name. Um, so, uh, Ryan, um, yeah, I asked Ryan to come and, and share some, and, and I wanted to interact with him. He's a man who... Uh, he doesn't brag about this, so I have to brag about him. Um, he's a man who really lives this well in his life, and he's not perfect at this, but he's a guy who has really been an example um, to me, even, and to my family, and to guys I've walked with, who lives and, and sees through this perspective. So that's why I dragged him up on here stage tonight. Tell these guys who the heck you are and what you're doing. Yep. So uh, <laughs> I've been on staff here for, I think, three and a half years. Something like that. Three and a half years uh, with college. Ben somehow invited me to become part of the college ministry. Sucker. Um, and uh, yeah, and I'm from Alito, right down the road. Um, went to TCU, played football. Went to TCU, played football. He was a big deal. He won't tell you this, too. He was a really big deal. He was on uh, Madden, right? You were on Madden, right? You could, like, play as Ryan Christian on your team. NCAA. Oh, NCAA, my bad. Same thing, whatever. Um, Why don't I have this? This is kind of bugging me. This thing? Yeah. You want the Britney mic? I'll Can switch I... with you right now. You want it? It's okay. No, okay, good. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, okay, so, Ryan, um, you are a guy who, uh, who I think does this well. Um, un- walk us through and kind of unpack for us, man, just your story a little bit, and, and more specifically, kind of the switch that happened in your life, kind of the, the dark to light and what that looked like for you. Just a lot of people don't know you in this room. Okay, so... I grew up in Alito, like I said. Um, I didn't grow up in the church. My parents first took me to church in eighth grade. So eighth grade was my first church experience. And, <laughs> and it was actually here at Christ Chapel, and they took me to a Sunday school class. And I remember the leader, um, I didn't know anybody. I show up, I'm the new kid, and no one talked to me. And they, I go to this classroom um, and sit through this message. And at the end of the, the time together, the, the leader was like, Ryan, you want to pray for us? <laughs> and I was like, what? He's like, Ryan, yeah, close this out in prayer. You'd never prayed before you didn't never know what you were doing? Never prayed in my life. Yeah. I had no clue what I was Your doing. Your first time to church and you get asked and I was, to pray. I literally was like, God, <laughs> thank you, sermon. Um, <laughs> thank you, people. Yeah, I didn't know what I was saying. So basically I was humiliated in front of this group of kids. And I was like, man, I don't ever want to feel like that again. I don't ever want to be a part of that. And it really pushed me away from, the, from Christ's chapel, which I work at now. Um, <laughs> Sucker. So funny. So God restored that. But um, yeah, so didn't want to have anything to do with the church. Um, 
high school, didn't have anything to do with the church, unless my friends invited me to go and play a sport. So if they had football or basketball, I would go, but I wouldn't pay attention to what they were talking about because I didn't want to have anything to do with the church. So get to college, kind of the same thing. Um, I had a scary dream one night, and, uh, and it really scared me, and I, I started to go to church again, but my lifestyle was, uh, it did not reflect that. I was living the, the nightlife, the party life, and um, just hooking up with a bunch of girls and um, experimenting with drugs and just living a really, really empty life. And I was trying to fill, uh, fill the empty void that I had in my heart, and, and I tried to fill it with things. And it was just a really, really rough time in college. And then I graduated college, and um, I was dating this girl, and I had the opportunity. I played football at TCU, and I had the opportunity to go play in Canada. So I get to Canada, and I had a great career, uh, great season. He, uh, he in, set the record for the longest uh, kickoff return for a touchdown in Toronto Argonauts history. <laughs> yeah. Who cares about his testimony? How cool is that? He's on YouTube, guys. Oh, that's funny. So, <laughs> he hates when I say that. Yeah, I do. It's okay. <clears throat> so yeah, I, I had a great season in the CFL, and I was dating this girl, and we had an apartment up there, and we moved back to Fort Worth, and I was training in the spring, getting ready to go back to play in Canada, and living with my girlfriend over off of uh, Bel Air and Hewlin, over, I don't know what those apartments are called, uh, behind Tom Thumb, it doesn't matter, but... Um, I was training that spring, and uh, it was May, and one of my buddies called me up, and he was leaving to go to China on a mission trip, and uh, he's in this room. He's over there in the corner. <laughs> he's huge. <laughs> wow. And he's got a beard. It's Trevious. So Trevious called me. <laughs> Trevious called me. It was May 19th, and, uh, and he was leaving to go to, to China to share his faith with a bunch of people, and we met up at Starbucks, and we talked for three hours, and... What I took away from the conversation, it was the first time that I've heard the grace of God. I didn't, um, I thought beforehand that I had to earn my salvation, that I had to do all these works and had to achieve a certain level of Christianity before God accepted me into his family. And, um, and it was the first time that I heard that there's nothing I could do to earn my salvation, that God completely did it. And that, that truth changed my life. Mm -hmm. um, I left that conversation and I was driving home that night, and, uh, and I gave my life to the Lord. I was like, Lord, I'm done running from you. I'm, I'm sick of living this life that I'm living. I'm, I'm empty and hollow. And, and I gave my life to Christ that night, and, uh, and I ended up calling my coaches the next week. And I was like, hey, I'm not coming back. I'm going to follow Jesus. And <laughs> they're just like, what? what are you? And my, it, was really, it was really funny. My whole family thought it was the stupidest thing ever. I just remember my mom was like, Ryan, you're making a huge mistake. Nobody in my family supported me, and I was like, you know what? I know God's doing something here. And, and so I, I just listened to my heart and listened to the Lord's call, and, um, and I broke up with my girlfriend that next week, and I really just stiff-armed all my old friends. I, I was like, I couldn't live this double lifestyle that I was living. I was uh, confessing one thing on Sunday, but then the rest of the week I was doing other things. Um, and, uh, and so I gave my life to the Lord, and... Uh, a couple weeks later, I met Ben, and we started hanging out, and and here I am, yeah. And then he got dragged on stage. He hate he yeah he uh, yeah we can clap for that. Uh, as you were telling the story, I was like, okay, so it was really a stumbling block that you were at Christ Chapel and you were asked to pray, and then here I like made you come and talk on stage. So it's not love it. Yeah, okay, good for the glory uh, of God. For the glory of God, that's right. Uh, okay, so talk to us about you're a guy who uh, I've really seen. Um, 
who sees through the lens of just giving God glory for whether it's mundane stuff, um, big stuff. Walk us through some of the things that in your life you look back and you say, I lived not for the glory of God, but for myself. Right? What did that look like in that season? What were some of those almost misses that you could see as gifts from God, but you didn't give him credit? Yeah. I think the biggest one is football. I mean, I played football my entire life. I was really gifted at football and had the opportunity to come play here on full scholarship. <laughs> It's funny, the only thing I had to pay for was laundry, and I always remember complaining about it. I was just like, <laughs> what the heck? This is so annoying. Why would you pay for laundry? And people are paying tuition, so. Yeah. Um, it's pretty selfish. Yeah, it's really selfish. <laughs> but just football, for example, is, is huge for me. I, I look back, and I'm just like, wow, I, I, God paid for my education. Yeah. And he allowed me to come to this university where I would meet the people that would introduce me to him. And, yeah. and, I, and I look back, and I'm like, man, what a bummer. You but know? at the time, you were really just playing for yourself. Playing for myself. Yeah, just yeah. being selfish. Okay, so walk us through, um, just give us a couple uh, things that have happened in you that are big, like, give God glory moments. So we're talking about we want to be this culture that identifies these things and calls them out and says, this is a give God glory moment. Give us a couple of the big ones in your life. <clears throat> well, first off, I think the, I would love to give God glory, um, even now just to confess, just um, that he allows me to know Jesus. Mm-hmm. I think the, the biggest, the, uh, the weightiest gift of all is to know that God has opened my eyes to see Jesus for who he is. I think that there's, there's nothing that parallels to that, you know, no matter what job, what amount of money that yeah. can compare to, to the worth of knowing Jesus. Paul says that, you know, yeah. there's nothing that compares to the worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. And, yeah. um, and I see that, and I, and I just thank him for that, that I get to see that, and... And I just remember I would used to lie in my in my bed at night and be terrified of of dying when I go to sleep. Mm-hmm. I would lay in there at night and I would just stay awake as long as I could. Trying to I would watch I Love Lucy, and I would stay awake as long as I could just watching I Love Lucy. Ricky. <laughs> and um, because I was terrified of death, and I think one thing that that God freed me from is He allowed me to believe His word. Just the power of death, you know, yeah. I don't have to fear death anymore, that he has prepared a day for the future than what we will have life again. And yeah. so um, that truth, I think, just allowing me to take part in people's lives and getting to see them transform into mm-hmm. these godly men. I've, I've, there's people probably in this room that I've got to see that, um, that God has totally changed their lives, and I've got to watch the whole process mm-hmm. and watch just their character shift. Yeah. And it's just phenomenal. Yeah, you've definitely had some cool experiences like that, just obviously in the role that you've had at this church of being a discipler of men, but even just big circumstances. You got to, uh, Ryan got recruited to go play in the Italian Football League, which is like American football in Italy. Yeah. And he got recruited to do that. So here's how I got recruited. So I got back from Canada, uh, had a great season, like I said, and I came back and I got this friend request and it was uh, Parma Panthers. And I was like, this is for sure some nightclub who's trying to scam me into this handing out club <laughs> cards in downtown Fort Worth. And so I didn't add them. I was like, ah, I'm just going to like leave them to the side. And so um, I waited. And then, uh, and then after I, st- I came on staff here, I was like, ah, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe this is someone I can reach out to. <laughs> and so I accepted their friend request. And the next day I got an inbox message, and it was uh, this coach from Italy who wanted me to come play football for him. And so I put it off for a year, and then I was like, I felt God really tugging at my heart, and I was like, man, I really want to go play, and just for his glory, that I could actually play football now for his glory. And yeah, so, which was something you hadn't really done before. something I hadn't done, I was like, man, I want to do that now. And so yeah. I had the opportunity to go do that. It was essentially and, like a mission trip that he got to be paid to go on to go play football with all these other guys 
and, uh, and be a, a light and salt. And he won't tell you this. Their team made the Super Bowl and they won the Italian Super Bowl. And Ryan got the MVP. It was awesome. And the best part about that story, now you know, clap for that. It wasn't that big of a deal. Anyone can do it. Um, but the best part of that story is he had no clue what was going on because they were all speaking in Italian. <laughs> Seriously. So like after the game, they won the Super Bowl and he's like over hanging out with guys and stuff, probably talking about Jesus. And they're like, Ryan, Ryan, over here. And they like built a stage in the middle of the thing and there's like cameras and they're handing him an Italian plaque that says something. And he's like, I don't know what's... Yeah. <laughs> How awesome is that? Uh, anyway. Um, Okay, okay, man. So n- there's probably not a whole lot of people in this room who, um, who like, got to go to Italy, like, crazy stuff like that. Um, give me some small things, right? Like, we're supposed to be people who, in everything we do, whether we eat, drink, in everything we do, we give God glory. I mean, give us some examples of the little things, the mundanes, the what are some of the things you just give God glory for? Help us out. McKinley salad. <laughs> I okay. think, yeah. Really? Me and Josh story like that. If Josh is in here, I can call him out because... Yeah. Yeah, I get you made fun of all Josh the time. You and Josh Story, and then all the girls in yeah. this room. Yeah, and all the girls, yeah. yeah. He drags me to McKinley's to meet, and we were the only two dudes in that entire restaurant, man. It's okay. Um, I think, it's too, I love lightning. The other night, we had a lightning storm. What? Yeah. Like, it's in, like, the thing that happened, like, lightning. lightning. It's like a guy's name. It's not like a wrestler's name. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, just making sure. Yeah, so we were driving home the other night, and it's funny, like, you say that, because uh, I was in the car with my sister, and we were coming back from, uh, she had to go get a suit, uh, at the outlet mall, and um, we were coming back, and I was talking to the Lord in my head, and I was like, oh, God, like, I just want to see your glory. <laughs> and I was videoing the storm, and literally five seconds after I said that, this lightning bolt just crashes right on my camera, and I was just like, I got that on camera. <laughs> and, and I turned it off, and I watched it. I posted it on Instagram, but I, I think something as, as small as that is so amazing. Yeah. Just lightning. I don't even know what that is, that yeah. process. But, but give God glory for my it. My sister was like, Ryan, you really enjoy life, don't you? And I was like, absolutely. Yeah. I, abs- I think also just um, being able to wake up in the morning and have breath. Mm-hmm. I think that's a gift. And, you know, just being able to walk and, like you said, taste buds and yeah. talk and just be healthy, you know, yeah. just giving God glory for that. It's, mm-hmm. it's not, you know, it's not a given when we shouldn't take it for granted. You know? For sure. Okay, last thing. Um, what is it? So you're a guy who I've definitely seen. You find ways to just pray, right? You see lightning. You get stuck in traffic, and somehow that turns into like, man, praise God for traffic. And you're like, what? But how does that work? That, that can't always be the case in your life, right? I know that's not always the case in your life. What does that look like? What's the difference between when you have that perspective and when you aren't walking in that perspective? Yeah. Then how do you get there? Well, um, yeah, to be honest, when I, when I get up in the mornings, I, I don't want to serve God. I, I, I think um, just my flesh wants, other, it wants to sleep and it wants to have me time and it wants to make the world about me, but it's not about me. It's about yeah. Christ. And, um, and so it's a fight. I have to get up um, almost every morning and surrender and, and make it not about me and make it about him. And, um, and I know that I can't do anything in my flesh. I can't glorify God in my flesh, and I have to walk by his spirit. And, yeah. I, and, and I have to, throughout the day, just constantly remind myself that, um, that he's there, just practicing God's presence. Mm-hmm. Um, we got challenged in Belize. Um, <clears throat> it's so funny. We got challenged in Belize, and this has changed my life, this simple, this simple little practice, you know. Um, but someone challenged me. He was like, Ryan, you should uh, act like Jesus is with you wherever you go throughout the day when you're on the beach, whatever you're doing. And I was like, cool. And so that morning I woke up 
And I was like, all right, Lord, you're with me. And so I start walking and I open up the door and I'm waiting for him to go out. And then I <laughs> close the door behind me and then we're walking down the beach and I'm just talking with him and I get over to the dock and we're journaling and I'm just chatting with him. And, and that literally changed my life. Just yeah. Knowing that God is with us wherever we go. Maybe not in physical body, but his spirit is within everybody who's put their faith and trust in Christ's work on the cross. And mm-hmm. so um, that little truth has changed the way that I, that I view my relationship with God now because I'm constantly just talking with him and enjoying little moments with him, just looking at bugs and um, <laughs> going to the park. And you know. Bugs. Digging up minerals. I love minerals. He does I have a mineral love collections. Minerals. Literally, weird. his desk upstairs. He has got minerals all around his desk, and you can't call them rocks. He gets offended if you call them rocks. You have to call them minerals because they're minerals. <laughs> they're rocks, honestly. But whatever. That's awesome, though, dude. Seriously, uh, Ryan, thank you. Um, thank you for the way you live your life. Thank you for the example that you are. I know you're a very imperfect man, but thank you for the example you are for me and my family and the the people that I love. Uh, let me pray for this man and pray for us, and then we're shift back in, and we're, we're going to uh, worship with one last song, and we've got something special at the very end. <clears throat> Father, um, you, uh, you tell us in um, Matthew 5, uh, you, say, um, you say, would our lights shine before men so that they would see our good works and they would glorify you, our Father in heaven? And Lord, we praise you for that. We praise you for... Um, just those who have gotten to walk with Ryan Christian um, in his life in seasons where he has been a light. Lord, we give you the glory for that. Uh, we do that is because of you, not because of this sinful man that you've redeemed, but it's because of you. And so um, may we be uh, those type of people. Would you make us a community? Um, would, you, would you make me an individual who, like Romans 12 says, uh, would be conformed uh, to your, that we would no longer be conformed to the patterns of the world, but God, would you let our minds be transformed? Um, Father, we, we need that. If we're going to see with this kind of perspective, if we're going to be able to look at bugs and bugs become worshipful and lightning becomes worshipful and traffic becomes worshipful and relationships become worshipful and glorifying to you, God, we need our minds to be transformed. We are so many of us, God, me included, we, I become a slave to worldly thoughts. So in the name of Jesus tonight, we ask that you would really plant some seeds and, and start some healing uh, in our minds. We no longer be conformed to these patterns that tell us death, um, but we would instead be transformed by the renewing of our mind, Lord. Um, bless us. Uh, bless us with that, not for our sakes, not so that we look great, but Father, so that you look great. That's what we want to be about. In the name of Jesus, amen.